you about it, John? I'm not sure if I told you, Peyton, but, like, uh, the pharmacist who gave out the vaccine, there were a couple of other people waiting to get it, mm-hmm. and she was sort of, like, filling out paperwork and everything, and everybody was kind of shuffling around waiting, and uh, she just kind of looked up at everybody and was like, everybody that wants to get vaccinated say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just a low, like, I, I think I just, I don't even think I did anything. I just went like, uh, which also everybody else did too. Just the classic, like silence and <laughs> that's all there was. That's all there was. Welcome back, everybody. We are back. Yep. We've, uh, we've returned just as it was foretold. In our Facebook posts. In those that... Facebook posts. <laughs> yes. You know what? We, none of us got COVID, but the podcast did, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say. The, the, the podcast, you got COVID. It got put on Regeneron. Yeah. Got put on a ventilator. Told everybody not to let it rule their lives. We had to put it in an iron lung. We had to vote it out <laughs> completely. This is a whole new podcast. I'm not sure if anybody yeah. knows, but this, this is an all new podcast. It's all new. <laughs> That's right, baby. You're listening to Life is a Sewer. That's us. A catalog of misery covering topics that range from the macabre to the mundane, Oh, from the factual to the fictional, Oh shit! and from burritos to biographies. That's I'm right. Peyton McBride, <laughs> and I'm joined with... Um, uh, it, this says your name here. Yeah, you, you say your name. <laughs> I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm Chad. It's Chad Alderman. And I am uh, your name, uh, Jonathan Matthews. <laughs> he did the same thing. With our with our host 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 McBride. Why do we write? Oh yeah, host McBride. That's if I was taken over by a parasite during the break. <laughs> That's right. Host host McBride. He did. There he, is no Peyton, only Zool. He got he got a parasite from a Arby's roast beef sandwich, <laughs> which we acquired nine more of today. We did. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, we're we're really honestly we're happy to be vaccinated. We're doing this responsibly. We're happy to be recording in person. We're back at it. But you're not here to hear about us dealing with this this awful crud that we got going on. You're here to hear about the Black Death. Yeah, and what the peasants had to go through during that uh that pandemic. Oh, that <laughs> one. Mm. So, the Black Death was a series of plagues which peaked in Europe between the years of 1347 and 1351. The Black Death had catastrophic and wide-reaching effects across the entirety of medieval society, some of which really can't be estimated, like the total death toll or something like that. But no matter where its effects were felt, the Black Death proved to be one of those macro-level, history-changing events for all of Europe. Right, and it's something we've always been interested in. I think uh, we've loved it since we grew up watching like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Just any type of medieval plague. I love stuff the plague. Is, yeah, <laughs> I love plague. Oh. <laughs> also, a thing I don't know. I don't think we have it included in our outline, but it was also known as the Great Mortality. Yeah, um, yeah. And the actual term, the Black Death, wasn't used until was it like fifty years after the events? Or? A while. Uh, well, a while. Yeah, that wasn't something they used at the time. They're not like. Oh shit! This is the Black Death, dude. This is some shit, <laughs> right? I didn't know what the fuck it was. That's right, but uh, it's it's easy to draw some parallels with it and some of the stuff we've experienced now going through a modern pandemic, which we'll touch on that more after the outro. That's right, but um, you know, just something we want to get out of the gate right up top. We're well aware that uh, you know the Black Death really had uh, effects throughout most of the world. We're talking like Africa and Asia and stuff like that. 
but uh, we're, we're going to focus on Europe a little bit here just because of the sources that we have They're from European accounts. I think when, whenever at least us Westerners think of the black death, mm-hmm. we think of, of the, of the black death in Europe. So that's, that's going to be our focus, but we're also, we're going to touch on what happened in Africa and Asia a little bit later on. And before we talk about what actually happened in Europe, let's talk about the disease itself. Like, hmm. So plague is a disease and it comes in three different flavors. All of which are caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis. Is one of is one of them strawberry? Unfortunately, no. It's death. I like strawberry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, really, I'll go in for all that death. I'll go in. Um, you said. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you you said Yersinia pestis. Yes, but um, what I heard you say was Yersinia pestis. <laughs> Like Which, an old west. That, yeah, that's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds like some kind of. Well, if it ain't your city is pestis. Your city is pestis. I thought we told you not to come around the mine camp no more. <laughs> that's city, all I'm going to think of now. Yeah, like, that, this is why I would make a terrible doctor or scientist. Like I wouldn't take any of these. You get somebody's seriously. test results back, just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you got plague. <laughs> You're, oh, you're, dude, I'd lose it if someone had pink eye. I'd be like, ah, you know what that means. Pink eye. <laughs> Just poop in your eye. <laughs> yeah, I would be the worst doctor. But no, all of these uh, different types or presentations exhibit um, common symptoms like fever, fatigue, headache, diarrhea. <laughs> you, get the, you, get the, you get the plague shits. I mean, it sounds like your body is literally doing everything it can to purge. To, yeah. yeah. And it sounds horrible. It's, it's not exactly like you've woken up, you've had your Folgers and like, <laughs> you know, you've gotten your day on like diarrhea kind of infers that like, <laughs> it's just your body is purging everything it's got. So it's not, it's, they're not the same. <laughs> but, Anyways, enough about shitting. Yeah. I was about to say butt vomit. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not a good time. Same. But here's how they differ. The bubonic plague uh, form features swollen and painful lymph nodes because the bacteria multiplies in the tissue and is carried off to um, other local lymph nodes, sure. uh, which it goes on to infect and swell, becoming a bubo, where we get the word boo-boo from. Yeah, they, they go to like your groin or like your, or your armpit. armpit or, yeah, yeah, sometimes around the neck, I believe. Yeah. And unfortunately, at, at this time, if it got to this point, that was certain death. You yeah. weren't. You weren't living at that point. No, no, no. If you if you got a boobo, you're done. Yeah. And then you have uh, the form septicemic plague, mm-hmm. and that's an extra layer of shit uh, <laughs> caused by the bacteria of an infected person entering the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And because the lymph nodes uh, drain into the bloodstream, that causes a condition where tiny blood clots form throughout the entire body, causing necrosis, uh, which is the dying of tissue. Yeah, yeah. Depleting the body of its ability to form normal blood clots. So... One eventually dies by either bleeding to death or from lack of circulation. You you would get hit on the head or something, and, and you, you you bleed out because your body couldn't stop the bleeding. Yeah. You'd bleed from a bruise. Uh, then we have the pneumonic form, and that's when the plague takes up residence in the lungs. Again, you know, classic flu-like symptoms, mm. but you're coughing up blood, uh, rapidly developing pneumonia, which eventually culminates into respiratory failure and shock. Sure. Yeah, that's that's I, I think that's that, that's basically the worst form, right? They all sound pretty bad, man. Well, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's basically saying is like is the shit I took last week better than the shit I took this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you had to pick one to have, like you just had to, mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the bubonic form. I think I think you get the best. I think you get the best shot, right? It's yeah. got a sixty percent mortality rate. Yeah, I think I think pneumonic plague has like a ninety nine percent. Like it's you well, know. breathing is important. So <laughs> is it? Whichever is. is not the shit one. <laughs> I just don't want to no, shit. <laughs> unfortunately, John, if if you if you look back, they all oh. they all exhibit shitting. They all curry the case of once again. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so, so 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 you got all these you got all these like forms of the disease. How are they spread? Uh, so the way that they spread, uh, it, you basically have three main ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be airborne, especially with pneumonic plague. That's I mean, like coughing and everything, just being around people and yeah. shit. Uh, and then you have touching an infected person. So like if if you're rubbing up on someone's buboes. You know, like mm. in a medieval club, you know, you bounce in boobos. Then, damn, girl, your boobos is fat. <laughs> Which we will later learn, people probably they did. probably did. They fetishized yeah. boobos, probably, and then also contaminated water. I've heard that that's why beer became such a huge thing in medieval Europe. Uh, yeah, was to avoid like drinking dirty water. Yeah, <laughs> the be- drinking plague water from that's a pond. I see. <laughs> However, the main culprit, above all others, were fleas. Fleas spread the plague like nobody's business. The fleas would feed on the blood of ground rodents, like rats, prairie dogs, basically anything. Yeah, but mostly rats. And they would then carry the bacteria to the humans. Some of the main factors that brought these fleas into contact with humans in the first place were two things. First, the climate of the northern hemisphere was changing climate change really even in this time grasslands in asia were dying out and what this led to was the destroyed natural habitats of these rodents these these rats which forced them into cities and towns but i mean you have you have all sorts of rodents but rats in particular thrived because they're you know fucking rats like if, <laughs> like like of a prairie dog uh, like came into a New York apartment. It's not. It's not gonna fucking live. It's gonna fucking die. A rat is gonna is gonna hang out there. Um, it, it's gonna make its nest there. And when when these rats came into towns and cities, they brought their diseases and they brought their fleas with them. And it carried none other than your sinuous pestis. He came a riding into town. He came a riding into town on a rat. Nah, but it's Yersinia. It's Yersinia pestis, and it killed people. Peyton. Yeah, people died. Peyton, a it's lot. very. It's a very serious disease, and I don't. You're wrong for laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Not laughing because people died. <laughs> but uh, we we've talked about you know what uh, what Yersinia pestis does to to humans. It gives them plague. But what does it do to the fleas? Yeah, think of the fleas. People I'm trying have to have a heart. The, think about the fleas. Um, what, what the bacteria does is, is it multiplies in the flea's gut to the point that it is completely clogged up, like its digestive system. It can't eat anymore. And since its little tum-tum is filled with blood ghosts, they're not, <laughs> they're not getting any nutrients from their meals. So while they are starving, um, when, they, when they go to feed on, on something, they start aggressively feeding. You know, they'll, they'll just start biting just just very aggressively you know in the, in this berserker mode they they are simultaneously vomiting as well 
since they're so filled with bacteria, every time they bite, they're essentially vomiting up this nasty, horrible bacteria into whatever they're feeding on. And that vomit is what would, at least in people, uh, inter- introduce the, 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 the plague to the body. But, um, you know, rats carry the bacteria and fleas feed on the rats. The rats will eventually die of plague themselves. And so the fleas go on to bite humans or whatever they're nearby. It should be important to note, if you're wondering how uh, flea bites could, could rapidly spread a disease amongst these people, it's important to note that, at least in Europe, people lived in such horrible, filthy squalor, mm-hmm. and they were so nasty that just people... They commonly had their own flies themselves. Flies? <laughs> they probably had flies too. Oh yeah, like a Linus fucking kid. Yeah, they dirt, just, yeah, they, um, they, yeah, they just they just have like cloud. a yeah, just like a big dirt cloud. But they had their own fleas. You know, like when you look at nobles in uh, medieval artwork, when they have that like big flared collar, that collar was there to stop fleas from getting in their hair. It wasn't for the drip. It wasn't for a uh, style. There's those things. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Like if, if I was wearing one right now, what would you think of me? Why in the shit have you got that on? <laughs> it's for the fleas, isn't it? <laughs> but people people were so nasty that they had their own fleas. And so when when infected fleas would bite them because they were getting bit by fleas all the fucking time. Right. They they didn't know that there was something wrong. They didn't, they didn't, it, this wasn't an uncommon occurrence right. to them. What's another flea bite? What's yeah. another flea bite? <laughs> if, if fleas were such a common thing, do you think that there were peasants out there like Pokemon battling with their fleas, <laughs> just like flicking fleas at each other? <laughs> like <laughs> DMX in a dog fight? No, they're like, they're, uh, rest in peace, DMX. Um, yeah, they just, what, what, uh, what would, what would a good flea Pokemon name be? It'd be like, like oh, Parasit. God. Yeah. <laughs> Parasit. Go, Parasit. It would have the attacks jump and bite. <laughs> jump, bite. Nah, nah, man. Uh, but nah, uh, they died. Again, they again, died. You, you're making, you're, you're laughing? You guys are. You're actually wrong for thinking we're funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you do. The, the, the two people that do. So our, our chain of events really kind of kicks off with all of these things taking place in Europe at the same time. It was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, Perfect storm, if you will, for yeah. oh, your sinus pestis to come riding oh, into town. Always gonna come riding into town. How much do you think we'd have to pay Sam Elliott to talk about your sinus pestis? Um, for a public <clears throat> service announcement, considering um, like the like he does one for the plague, like CDC hires him for the seventeen people that get plague in the United <laughs> States today. Um, <laughs> is he on cameo? Man, oh my god! Oh, we should we should look into that. Man, if I could just get him. Yeah, let's do Yeah. <laughs> okay. Somebody look into that offline. So you have this perfect storm of all these events popping off in Europe, uh, but what really uh, pushed it to the, the next level, baby, yeah. uh, <laughs> was rats. That's right, baby. The rats had That's been making right. some waves rat in the Friday, Asian baby. charts. They'd been making some waves, uh, but they rat, were about Friday, to... Friday, <laughs> baby. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they were about to debut a hit single oh, shit. that would take over the world. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> no, yeah. That. Take the world by storm. Where this all really ignites the powder keg is actually at the Siege of Kaffa. 
1347, a Mongol army known as the Golden Horde had laid siege to a city uh, known as Kaffa in modern-day Ukraine. And now the siege ended up lasting for about a year. Uh, and during uh, their escapades, the army uh, were infected with the plague. And in a spectacular show of medieval uh, biological warfare... I love this so much. Yeah, it's, it's fucking rad. Well, it's terrible, but it's rad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this is horrible. Right. But it's kind of fucking cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's metal, isn't it? Metal, isn't it? But they would take the the corpses of their plagued dead... Yeah. And they launched them into the city with siege weapons, catapults, you know, whatever they yeah. had. And that, of course, spread the disease to the inhabitants of Kaffa. We had to make sure that we were pronouncing it correctly, but apparently the leader of the Mongol army at this time was was a guy named Yanni Beg. Yeah, but it's, it looks just like Johnny Beg. Johnny Beg. So we're, we're, we're sitting there just like, Johnny Beg? I was like, picturing like a greaser over that's what like, I'm saying. A, like Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, he, he's got a uh, uh, a switchblade comb on his like oh, Indian yeah. motorcycle. <laughs> it's like, hey, what are you doing here? Wonder what they got in Kaffa. What are you merchants selling? <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Peyton. But um, this siege in Kaffa was like a really long, protracted, nasty thing. Yeah, it like it, again, it, it lasted for a year, so it's not like this all happened. Within like the span of a day or two, yeah. it was, and during this time there were Genoese or Genosian. I'm not sure how mm-hmm. you would uh, say this here, but uh, traders from Genoa in mm-hmm. Italy had been caught in the siege at Kaffa. Well, they finally managed to escape on they, some they, boats. They were out there of the to city. like trade and shit, right? Right. Uh, yeah, talk about wrong place at the wrong time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give you some spices. I, I'm not trying to, you know, get involved in all this shit. <laughs> As these traders were able to get back on boats and make their way back to Italy, mm. obviously, unfortunately, they carried the plague back with them. They had to come from Ukraine to Italy, so they had to stop in like Turkey. Yeah, so they, Greece. they probably dropped it off at other places as well. Yeah, Oper- um, Operation Plague Drop. Yeah. <laughs> so, twelve ships arrived in Italian ports all across the country from Kaffa. In October of 1347, fleeing this this horrible battle, and by January, it arrived in Pisa, which was the middle of the country. Um, a, a, a guy named uh, Anolo de Tora. He was a, he was a historian at the time. He was a person uh, who just kind of documented everything that was going on. And um, here's one of the things he had to say about the plague: Father, abandoned child. And wife, husband, it was impossible for the human tongue to recount the awful truth. Indeed, one who did not see such horribleness can be blessed. And I, Enolo de Tora, had to bury his children in the sight of God and man. Damn. Yeah, some shit. <laughs> Thinking. There's no joke to follow that up. <laughs> no. they're, they're, they're like you just kind of you kind of got to go with it. You made me want to see Antonio Banderas in a movie about this guy. But oh that's, man, that's that'd, be gr- that'd be great. He lived through it, I think. <laughs> but the uh, you know the the plague ravaged the country. It it, it reached Venice, and uh, the the Doge 
of of Venice took measures to stop the plague. He actually went a bit above and beyond medieval standards. He ordered that the borders were closed. Anybody who was suspected of being sick were quarantined. And that's actually where we get the word quarantine from, is he would hold ships and people and households who were thought of harboring the plague. He would hold them in quarantine for 40 days. Right. Uh, is it quarenta is like yeah yes the, the yes number? so that that's right there any any ships or houses that were hot spots forced into quarantine so the whole country is just is just going crazy doctors were a little bit at a loss immediately in, in the face of this to explain mm-hmm. it there was a man named Gentile de Fiorno who was a doctor at the University of uh Baloney. <laughs> That's um. <laughs> you know, fuck it. Yeah, it's baloney. It's baloney. The university. <laughs> the University of Baloney. He was he was one of the first doctors to uh, come up with a sort of a, a medical breakthrough, if you will. <laughs> he he studied the disease and the people that had it, and he proposed the use of theriac. And theriac was like this sort of medieval. Cure all. It could have. It could have <laughs> contained any number of substances, but what he prescribed for plague was uh, okay. Uh, so this this is a plague specific medicine. Yes, it's okay. a, a, exclusive. Uh, it, uh, he prescribed in in theriac. It, it should contain garlic, treacle, which I think is like molasses. Okay, it's like sugar. Um, viper's flesh. Okay, it's getting a little weird. Yep. Pig grease. Okay. Is that like bacon grease? I, th- I guess. Yeah, I mean, that does sound like a bunch of baloney. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's got a BS degree. <laughs> a BS at baloney. <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he also prescribed what he called, and I quote here, fermentation of animals. That's shit. That's animal shit. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that straight animal <laughs> shit. And he said that what you should do is slightly cut open these buboes and stuff, these 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 open sores on the infected, and rub this mixture of sugar, uh, uh, pig grease, and shit just right on those those buboes. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. He, well, he died. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Gentile de Fiono, did, like, he lived? No, no, he died. I mean, he died very quickly. A lot of these... Plague doctors, a lot of these early medical practitioners, they died early in this shit. They didn't know how to treat it. They didn't understand. Right. And they, sure. But no, I mean, they also, just from being in such close proximity to these people in, infected with the disease, of course, they got it too. Oh, yeah. Um, and as this disease is spreading throughout Italy, of course, it obviously makes its way to mainland Europe. Um, so wait, wait, just wait a second. So the strategy of quarantine and shit salves didn't do anything? It didn't save the European... <laughs> no, no, no. Surprisingly, it did nothing for... Uh... <laughs> it didn't work? Huh. So as the plague is making its way through Europe, uh, places like France weren't spared either. And the current pope at the time, Clement VI... Clement VI. Yeah. It... Not the, the six. It's Clement No, of course, he has the Roman numerals. No, it's Clement Six. Yeah, if you translate it literally, it's Clement Six. I don't. I don't read. I don't read Friday the Thirteenth. Friday, 
Roman numeral six. I read it Friday the thirteenth six. Clement six. Yeah, it's so, it's written here. I think uh, you guys are the stupid ones. <laughs> I think you're literate, dude. <laughs> Clement V. Uh, the current Pope Clement six held a court in Avignon. Uh, a major city in France, effectively making Avignon like the Pope Batcave. It was the Vatican of the day. Yeah. And the Pope and other rulers in Europe uh, took the advice of doctors uh, whose advice obviously could range from harmless to fatal or just making everything worse. It could be like, uh, it, it could be anything, really. It would be like the Pope asking Chad and I how to cure COVID. I think, I think if I had to cure COVID... I think based on all of your medical knowledge. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what, where would your brain take, take us to a cure for COVID international ice cream day is the first. Okay. You lost me. I'm not- <laughs> international ice cream day would start quarantined. Of course mm-hmm. um, we would have a national day of um, uh, pizza um, I'm, I'm thinking really what I'm thinking is like any sort of like fourth grade treat for like passing <laughs> uh, tests and stuff like that. You just give them to people like so like once we get our numbers down to like 650,000 or we whatever, get a pizza party, we get a pizza party, everybody. <laughs> that's fun. what I'm thinking. That's that's the best way to do it. In fact, just some other uh, a mystical nugget that we ran across was mm. that if you wanted to speak to the pope. Uh, you had to walk around a ring of fire four times. That helped. Um, I, I was actually thinking about this last night. Um, I don't know if it was more of a ritual or if, I mean, I do think that they knew that heat somehow did something with the plague or mm-hmm. at least with fleas. Yeah. So I think it was like, maybe like if you walk around four times, it's been enough to like increase your temperature to a, I think it's a kind safe of, level. Yeah, that that would be like the the plague equivalent of like dropping a little piece of food on the floor and just thinking like nah, <laughs> five second rule, <laughs> where you're just like, nah, I ain't got plague, dude. I stood in the fire for four seconds. We can talk. It's cool. It's hot. How <laughs> yeah. could it have germs? <laughs> it's still hot, and it's on the floor. This only further exemplifies how we should not be in any type of medical we would die of the plague yeah oh absolutely we would die of the plague somehow we we catch it from uh i'd come over to tell you a joke or like that somebody farted and i would sneeze in your face and then it was like that's how it happened that's it that's it that, we're done so it's important to note that most of the leaders of these european kingdoms uh survived this shit so obviously even back in the day the rich had awesome healthcare access yeah god damn it doctors at this time also determined that the disease uh, was caused by bad air or a miasma. Miasma. What they were trying to stop, essentially, was this bad air from entering your body. Because they thought it was just delivered by basically this kind of fart wind. The, the smell <laughs> the smell of shit could uh, essentially make you shit sick. I think that's the reason why they developed um, the Plague Doctor outfit. That's right, because the, the Plague Doctor outfit was i mean basically it, it looks scary and it oh it's fucking awesome yeah and even the imagery back then people knew if you saw this person like coming through your streets yeah yeah, yeah your shit was fucked yeah. yeah but what it was is it had this long beak i'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it but the beak would actually be stuffed with strong smelling things like spices herbs anything to help keep the miasma the fart wind from entering your system <laughs> obviously 
Uh, get with the get with the medieval times, people. Hey, listen, get it. <laughs> it's bad smells that make you sick. You dumb dumb. <laughs> Just get with it. It's bad smells. Your aunt Kathy eats potato salad at the at the cookout. Boom! You're gonna get the plague <laughs> from her fart wind. <laughs> Damn it! It's plague wind. But I actually uh, I did a little bit further dive into the plague doctors themselves, and these dudes were not really doctors they were called plague doctors but it was basically like volunteers or people that may have taken a holistic approach or guys that basically just said yeah i can help out but at this point i'm a doctor yeah (laughs) it's the medieval equivalent of like somebody on a plane saying like i'm a doctor yeah but they are not a doctor like yeah it's like they're a doctor in like marketing yeah (laughs) i gave him a tracheotomy he didn't he didn't live (laughs) he broke his legs sir I don't know, man. It's almost like all that college didn't pay off for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, having deduced that it comes from the fart wind, a convention of scientists actually met in Paris and determined that it was to be blamed on three planets lining up in the heavens at a certain point. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, obviously, that's what unlocked the miasma from the Earth. Damn. The three planets lined up. Oh, God, I feel like this is turning into like like an Alex Jones show. The three planets lined up when Biden got elected. <laughs> and now the fart wind's going to kill us. <laughs> oh, man. So by the time that the plague had worked its way to northern France in June of 1348, the plague then began to reach England. Um, around this time, British sailors saw that the ports of France were already flying the plague flag. I, I don't really, I don't know if it was like a flag with like a dead person on it, but British sailors were well aware of what was going on in France. So by the fall of 1348, it had already reached London, a port city. And by January, it had consumed the entire sort of British Isles at that point. Nonetheless, within a year and a half of its landing, an estimated 30 to 60% of England's population had been lost to the plague. The reason why the disease was able to spread more rapidly and on a more vociferous scale than had been seen in the rest of Europe is that England was more densely populated. And so they had more overcrowded cities and conditions and towns and stuff like that that were the perfect breeding ground for plague. And to give uh, give it a little bit of scale, how many people in America, like how many deaths have been attributed to COVID? I couldn't I couldn't say with any accuracy, but like there weren't the same amount of people on Earth. Right. So it's not when, when we talk about it wiping out 30, 40, 50 percent of Europe's population. Um, that would be akin to taking out 150 million Americans. Right. That would be the equivalent. That's how big this was. And it's kind of the same thing. I know this is like a weird tangent, but like it's kind of the same thing with like Civil War battles. Right. It's kind of hard to uh, reckon the number of people that were affected by this stuff because our modern scale of it is so skewed. It like, is. It, yeah. Not only is the population bigger, but the incidence of the stuff is so much smaller. 
right. in, in accordance to the population. So, again, like, I, you know, the Spanish flu, you know, 1918 and all that, I think it killed like a million people, which was, you know, one one hundredth of like uh, right. people in the in the United States. This is not to say that COVID is not it's not being like we're not oh, suggesting that yeah, it's, it's, not it's not just not the, the flu. flu. So, it's not the flu, buddy. No, it is a very serious thing. Yes, but we're we're kind of putting it into actuary numbers here. Um, if 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 COVID had killed one hundred and fifty million Americans, I think we might change the way we do things a little bit more than we did. I digress. Right. Um, as we said before. Great Britain is entirely overtaken by the plague. And, uh, you know, thinking back, our good friend, the poop doctor back in uh, 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 Italy. Uh, Dr. Fecal. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, he had worked out a regimen of treatment for the plague. And as the plague spread, likewise, so did other doctors work out their own treatments for plague themselves. Things like, uh, you know, your traditional uh, medieval treatments of bloodletting. Oh, that's, that's a good just, one. You just cut people and you, you, you got all this blood in you and you're sick. Yeah. Get the bad blood yeah, out. Less you, blood. You bimbo. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get it all Yeah. Get it all out. You had sweating, which is just where you would take a very terminally ill sick person and just wrap them in cold towels <laughs> and why they would sweat out the sickness you Ding dong. And you had urinating. And this is one thing we couldn't really get a, a, a thing on. I couldn't really work out uh, from the context whether or not it was to make people urinate and pee out all the bad, bad stuff. Or if they were peed on. Yes, there is. It's it's really kind of unclear, to be honest. Well, we'll touch on it later. But when, when we looked into the, the debauchery that took place, uh, it very well may have been golden showers. It was for... the beginning of the uh, the golden shower craze that swept Europe all throughout the 1500s. We all know this. Um, British doctors, you know, once it reached there, they had even worked out their own cures for everything. But I think theirs had a slightly more avian flair. Yeah. Yes. For sure. You see, what they would do is they would take uh, they would take a pigeon. It was a fresh baby pigeon, and they would pluck out one of its feathers. And what they would do is they would take that feather, and uh, you know that pointy bit that's at the end of the feather? Mm -hmm. It's called the fundament. You take that, and you poke one of the nasty, horrible sores that plague was in. Okay. And, and what you would do is you would wick the nasty, bad, bad stuff out of the, out of the sore into the fundament of the of the feather, so they would lance it with a pigeon feather. Yeah, they'd try to suck it all out with the, with the feather. But if that didn't work, and uh, their repeated treatments with feathers did not work out, the 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 wounds would get too gnarly. They wouldn't have enough pressure in them to like suck the pus into right. the fucking. Feather. They didn't have antiseptics and shit like that back then. No, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have fucking soap back then. <laughs> like. But uh, but but what they would do, like if the wounds got too gnarly to be treated with the the pigeon feather, what they would do is they would split it from beak to ass crack, and they would they would split the bird in half while it was still alive, and just kind of shove it on the wound, just like very rudimentary. It had to still be alive though. 
It had to still be alive for the for the treatment That's to work. Key. You see, that's key. It was. Could they use the other half of the pigeon on on another patient? No. Yeah, I think it's one and done. No, I think it's a single use pigeon. It had to still be alive. <laughs> Do you think that there was like an industry that boomed for single use pigeon? One <laughs> one one of the great pollution uh, epidemics of Europe was the single use pigeons. <laughs> uh, back then, they had to go to multi use pigeons. <laughs> obviously with all of these things taking place and it's looking like the people that should have an answer really don't society just kind of collapses and kind of goes to shit. Yeah. Once the plague took its toll on a town or city order just broke down, uh, that would mean that the most of the day-to-day activities one would experience Mm. would all but grind to a halt. Yeah. Uh, the people who lived through the black plague in Europe, uh, reacted in many different ways to this. Yeah. Uh, some people turned to God, uh, hoping uh, that their renewed piety would spare them from the disease. Oh, Lord, please do not let me die the horrible <laughs> shit wind. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you had a small group of these people that chose the religious oh, path. man, these guys. That were on the extreme end. A certain sect of people believed that you hadn't suffered enough in this life. And so you had to get more. You had yeah. to have more. Oh. You just got to man up and and rub some dirt on it. You got to. Oh, oh, you must be punished. Oh, God. <laughs> Not Hans. Oh, you must be punished in this life. Oh, throw me on the pile of dead bodies. Oh. <laughs> just terrible things happen. Oh. oh, I want to feel it. <laughs> I must feel the plague. Feel the sick. Oh, Get up. All right, let's get let's get some villagers with pitchforks and torches to get Hans out of here. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Oh, God. They just hit him over the head with a sap. <laughs> um, th- uh, these people were flagellants, right? So they would take the whips and stuff. Yes, that's where you see... Um, this is... Actually, I know we referenced it earlier, but it is depicted a little bit in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, with take the, wood yeah, the monks walking through the, the street. Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flagellants were like a, a European continent thing. They didn't really happen in like England or anything like that. They would be more like roving bands of pilgrims that would go from town to town and literally in the town square just like you know, beat the fucking shit out of themselves in like a really nasty <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, they ha- they would have like whips, like <sighs> cat of nine tails, yeah. and they would be ripping their backs apart just on these city streets. Yeah, in front of everybody, children, everybody. Um, you know, um, one thing they didn't account for was the fact that because they went from town to town, they carried the plague. They carried <laughs> yes. the fucking plague. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they didn't fucking, and, and like, like from like records and shit, like there have been historians that have pieced shit together and been like, well, the flagellants came here and well, plague, plague also showed up like that same day. Yeah, just because they were like, we got to take our suffering on the road. If I'm going to have it, you're going to have it too. <laughs> Along with this re- renewed religious fervor, you also had uh, people that came out of the woodwork and started playing the blame game on Europe's favorite scapegoat. Uh, the Jewish people, you know, the, the Jewish people were blamed uh, for basically they were said that they carried the plague or that they would poison wells yeah, or that they were just, they would, I, I, this isn't a joke, um, but they thought that 
like Jewish families would just come in and literally, I mean, it does sound like a joke because of how ridiculous it is, or it should be, um, that like Jewish people would come in and bite children's necks like a fucking vampire yeah. to give them plague. Yeah, it definitely sounds like some Borat shit. Like it does. Yeah, it, it's it's outrageous it, stereotype. It's, it's so yeah. it's so outrageous that it that it uh it it's almost on parody level. That's where it, a lot of this shit came from, by the way. Yeah, the, the persecution of Jewish people started long ass time ago, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, we're we're not trying to present a, a history no, on anti-Semitism, but no, this not is an, an, an important note. Yeah, I mean this this uh, happened on a big enough scale to note, and uh, and in different places too. Yeah, and in some extreme cases, it got to a point where they would have mass executions of Jewish people just because of these stupid beliefs or rumors. Yeah, this also caused a lot of Jewish people to want to relocate. So. A lot of Jewish peoples actually got accepted into Poland, uh, and because Poland accepted Jewish immigrants at the time, and they thrived uh, in Poland. And Poland actually, as we later found out, wasn't hit that bad with the plague. That's right. For one reason or another, it's not really explained or really there. We could possibly surmise that it was they had very strict um, border policies they did they did <laughs> the policies does not sound like a medieval word there there are some people that um uh ascribe the uh polish resistance to the plague for being a cat people and they would have polish killed more people rats were, than polish people were, were in those days cat people right italians were dog people germans were dog people polish people were cat people right that that is one thing that they ascribe to it, but uh, you know, chalk up one for the cats, baby. That's right, baby. <laughs> now, on the other hand, from this like religious fervor and all this like crazy people shit, from people taking the extreme route and the middle ground, there were also people that went the other way. Think about like spring breakers during like COVID <laughs> and shit. There were people who who they just lost all hope and they literally gave into every one of their desires. Um, they, they, they basically tried to eat and fuck and drink the plague away. Um, there, a, a writer of the time, uh, Giovanni Boccaccio, he wrote in the Decameron, which, uh, the Decameron's like a, a, a sort of piece of, uh, prose poetry and history. Um, he said that, uh, while some maintained that an infallible way of warding off this appalling evil was to drink heavily and enjoy life to the full go round singing and merrymaking gratifying all one's cravings whenever the opportunity offered and shrug the whole thing off as one enormous joke moreover they practiced what they preached to the best of their ability and they would visit one tavern after another drinking all day and night to moderate excess or, alternatively, as this was their more frequent custom, they would do their drinking in various private homes, but only in places where the conversation was restricted to subjects that were pleasant and entertaining. Such places were easy to find. People behaved as though their days and belongings were numbered, and they treated everything with equal abandon. Most houses had become common property, or any passing stranger could 
make himself at home as naturally as though he was the rightful owner. But their riotous manner of living, these people always took care to still avoid the sick. Like squatters? Yeah, basically they were fucking drinking. How would you feel if, say, COVID just, like, got this bad and, like, your neighbor come over to your house with a boombox just playing, like, fuck the plague away, fuck the plague away, <laughs> like, you know, suck in on my boobos like you wanted me, summon me all the time. <laughs> How would you take that? Also, he's like, this is my house now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just living here This now. is my house now. You gotta leave. I got, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fuck some plague babes. <laughs> You're like, it's just me here. Like, fuck the plague away. <laughs> no, really? That's, that's really all it was. These people resolved to just, like, fuck and smoke and... Uh, I think basically they had lost all hope and they were just like, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. I'm just going to live it up. But it was also grossly ignorant, you know, of like, I don't, I don't want to, didn't do anything. I don't want to oversimplify this and I don't want to call any sort of people out, but it really is the equivalent of those people that would go to spring break. I should say this, uh, we're, we're doing this like May of 2021. Mm hmm. There, there are people who went out and and you know, for two years yes. just partied with reckless abandon. It's kind of the same attitude, I think, uh, where it's just, I'm going to have a good time. Right. Like, the, the our whole existence is fucked. Right. And it's, I think it's all well and good when it's just, if you're only affecting yourself with your True. reckless behavior. But in a condition where it's like a pandemic. Yeah. You're also being reckless with other people's lives. This is, this also is a situation where I'm thinking like, because the plague, the plague never went away in Europe, but it certainly fizzled out. And, um, I can't help but think that there were still some like party animals that were like squatting in houses and like <laughs> fucking and drinking. They're like, dude, the, plague was over like two years ago they're like what dude like yeah, i peaked during the plague but uh <laughs> they get arrested because yeah. <laughs> they're squatting uh and actually speaking of the plague fizzling out we're going to go ahead and start talking about the plague's farewell tour uh actually featuring the original frontman glenn danzig they did they, tr <laughs> they tried they tried to get some other fucking clown to like try and do some shit for a while no it, it didn't work out it didn't work out like the 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 plague's new frontman was weak, and uh, he wasn't resistant to cold temperatures, as we'll find out. In 1351, by the time the plague uh, reaches Scotland in the northern part of the British Isles, yeah. everywhere else in mainland Europe was kind of entering the final stages of the pandemic. And basically, uh, if the environment was suitable for the bacteria, it had already run its course there. The disease made its way to Russia, but essentially stopped there. And obviously, we know Russia's very cold. You know, so yeah, it's not it, it almost made a loop if you think about it from like Mongolia back round to Russia. Yeah, it made its rounds and then, uh, as we'll guess, talk about, I guess the European later. sort of area, Russia, but nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and there were some places, as we mentioned earlier, like with Poland, that really were somewhat untouched. I don't want to say untouched because they still had their issues with it. It was nowhere near as ravaged as, like, say, Italy, France, or England. Oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty of places. And, and as we had said, the plague never really went away. Uh, so it still would pop up here and there. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it would carry on for, you know, another 500 or so years. 
before people finally got the fucking idea that, like, maybe it wasn't such a great idea to, like, dump our human shit out onto the streets and, like, keep, like, donkeys and chickens in apartments in fucking London. Or or just, like, shitting in your kitchen, like, in a hole. Yeah, there the you floor. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the idea, is, like, there were just a few people that kind of came to that. So sanitation is good? If we don't <laughs> shit in the river, we won't get sick from drinking it. <laughs> that's basically yes. what it came, they finally came to it where it's like yeah I guess that's right yeah but obviously as we'd said even though this got to a point where basically over the next 500 years they kind of learned to live with it this had major repercussions throughout all aspects of daily life at Europe in the time uh, one of those was peasants got they got, they got real uppity <laughs> Those peasants, got- they had a they had a very inflated sense of themselves. <laughs> the pores. Hey, the stimulus checks come through. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh shit, it's- the plague stimulus check. <laughs> what would have it would have been spent on um like jelly the eel? I don't, oh, I don't yeah. really know. Yeah. <laughs> what did uh Yeah. They wouldn't make responsible purchases. <laughs> what would they, what would they have bought? Like uh uh, I guess, like, we had that joke about, like, Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah, where it's like, Jack, uh, more realistically, he wouldn't come back with magic beans. He would come back with plague-infested fleas. (laughs) (laughs) Mother, I've spent the last seven months of gold. Damn it, Jack, that's just more plague. (laughs) No, you see, you see, but we're not poor in heaven, though. God darn it. We're not not poor in heaven if we die, right? (laughs) So it is sort of magical. So <laughs> oh, this it's is like, it's, it's, like God, it's like God, isn't it? Uh okay. Uh and and one reason though why the peasants got so uh kind of up in arms, I think it was an eye opener to their role in societal structure. Obviously there was a massive death toll and that opened up a lot of jobs. So if someone like if it was a job that they couldn't perceivably have done earlier. Yeah, they're they're a peasant or something. They can't become a blacksmith. Right. Now they can become a blacksmith. Yeah, because things were in such dire need that they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll we'll take you for yeah. this position. And it also affected the wages, if I'm not mistaken, Chad. Like there was a a few decades later. Uh uh in in thirteen fifty one, uh the King of England basically ascribed a new law where it's like Okay. All right. Stop everybody. We got we got to take our wages back to 1347. Right, because everyone filling these job roles, it was like such a huge social climb on such a big scale that it messed with the economic practices it of did. the time. It did. Really what it translated to was more people needed to fill skilled jobs. And it drove the prices of labor up. Because there are fewer people. Mm-hmm. And nobility, sensing this, uh, they they can't handle the bill. Or at least in, in this sense, they can't handle how much less money they're making. Right. And so they 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 tell the peasants, No, you 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 gotta go back to like four years ago. Like this we can't do this. I'm not making enough money. Uh, I can't pay for my fucking illegal wars in France. <laughs> I got to do all this shit. Um, it, it, it was, it was really one of those cases. And there, there were peasant revolts um, years after this yeah, in, in I mean, England in particular. But 
Yeah, this had this was so impactful and had many ripples that were felt for a long time to come. Um, and with all this social climbing happening, uh, the nobility actually set up sumptuary laws. Uh, what is that? Uh, so a sumptuary law is basically dictating what people ate, drink, and wore on their bodies so that way nobles could still be better than them in most ways. It was basically like um, a law forcing you to represent what class you were in. Right. Oh, God. And, and you know what? Hot take, I think. There are still some in the United States that would set up these laws. Agreed. Quite. <laughs> so, um, you know, in the end, we don't know the total, and historians can only estimate the stuff, but the Black Death may have killed up to one-third of all of Europe. The way they kind of estimate these things are digging up plague graves, um, obviously written records from people that said, like, there were a hundred people that lived here in this village, and now there are ten or right. whatever. Written records are an invaluable resource for estimating these things. Um, and just seeing general signs that the the population was in decline. It's important to note that most of the people that lived in Europe at this time could not read or write. So it's not exactly like you would have an Instagram post <laughs> to look back on just like your average person. Hashtag plague it. life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No mask. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they, they 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 wouldn't have had that recorded. So there were only educated people, friars, monks. Yeah, mostly priests. in the monastery. The, yeah, they they tended to be your most literate yes. groups. And there and there were far fewer of them than than there were people who died. Right. So that's whose accounts we get. Just like we noted way early on in the podcast, Asia was really the starting grounds for the plague. But for one reason or another, it would seem as though the major Asian countries of that time were spared largely from plague. They would have outbreaks, but it would not seem to be so devastating. The Middle East, likewise, had very low incidence of, the, of, of these of plague outbreaks. And it's important to note with these uh, Middle Eastern regions, at this point, Islam had become the predominant religion in these countries. Mm -hmm. And one of the, it, for those that may not know, one of the important facets of Islam is to stay clean. Yeah. Christianity and the Bible does not tell you when you should bathe and how you should bathe right. or what like personal hygiene etiquette you must practice. Right. Islam does. Yeah, and I think that obviously goes to show how much just basic hygiene would have yeah. probably helped Europe so At the much. Barest minimum, just just taking a just wash your damn hands, people. That's what we're saying. Wash your ass, baby. <laughs> That's all we're saying. Wash your ass, baby. Yeah, don't spread plague and wash your ass. Just wash your ass, baby. <laughs> life as a sewer approves this message. <laughs> that's a that's a life as a sewer approved message. Wash your ass, baby. <laughs> but um. Plague never died out from Europe. It carried on until well into the invention of germ theory. Actually, that's something um, we may explore further in another episode, but there was a Greek philosopher back in the day who did have the idea that microscopic life or some something akin to microscopic yeah. life did exist. Sure. 
I mean, they they had they had some general sense of how plague was spread. Like, I don't think they were far off with the the fart wind. Ironically enough, because <laughs> right, it's, it, yeah, it, it could be airborne. So it's like you guys are in the ballpark, but <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> of still the, rubbing shit on wounds. <laughs> one of the things we did not cover is that, um, uh, I believe it was in Poland. I believe it was uh in uh Krakow that they would. On suspicion of your family being infested with plague, on suspicion, right? Like so, like if you just if they overheard you cough, yeah, they heard you. They heard you cough at the market. They would literally board up or brick up your home. Yeah, with you alive in it, right? The townspeople, like like your fellow neighbors, and yes, your neighbors would, and just whoever made it out of it would make it out of it, and obviously that accounted for. Probably a considerably large amounts of like innocent deaths, people that didn't need to die, but still they were spared. Poland was spared. Yeah. And as morbid and heavy as that still is, you know, when you look at places like London and France where they have accounts of like bodies just being piled in the center of the uh, streets, dogs eating them and shit yeah, and like rats crawling over them and through them. I mean, it's like just bored me up, dude. You know, like, I'll, <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I just bored myself up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just bored myself up with my Famicom game. Anytime and, I go to town, I'm just carrying two by fours and a nail and hammer. We, yeah. We, well, we, th- we think to ourselves that, like, you could get some, like, medieval door dash, <laughs> like, like at your shit. But, like, you really, you really couldn't, like, it was just, you know. It's basically like you can't leave your house until you're dead. Like, you're just. <laughs> you get, you get the one, the, the, the one slow boy from across the way to, like. Uh, bring you bread and water. <laughs> uh, he died from plague, and then yeah. Now your DoorDash fees are like nineteen dollars or twenty dollars. You're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> if if any three of us here were to get the plague today, like in modern terms, what does the plague look like today? Uh, it's really not shit, to be honest with you. If you catch it in time, here's the problem. So it still can be serious. It's yeah. just. Yeah, here, here, here's the problem. Most of the time, uh, when you get really sick, even nowadays, everybody kind of knows once you reach like a certain level of sickness, you go to an urgent care, you go to an emergency room. Yeah, you By don't rub t- shit on it. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I saw some websites. Oh, God. <laughs> I got a couple of links from my aunt on Facebook. <laughs> um, y- You would get sick enough to where you go to a doctor. And just like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, about there there are on average 17, 17 cases of plague in the United States today. But that doesn't mean that they're just like you you can just let it go like it's the cold. Right. It's it's far from the case. There was a young man in New Mexico that died last year from plague. The problem is that plague is so uncommon that most doctors would probably ascribe like a staph infection to you. So they would misdiagnose it and it would would develop quickly, basically. It would. And and the problem with plague, uh, as they saw back in the 1300s, plague kills rapidly. Right. So you must catch it. It's it's very easily treatable with garden-variety antibiotics. Garden variety they, antibiotics. Like, they, they are. Like, like an antibiotic plant azith- over there. Azithromycin, a Z pack, like something that would cost uninsured people $2 to treat. 
would be easily taken care of. But once it reaches a certain point, you're all but dead. Right. Like, I think even today, once you see the boobos, it's still... If you get boobos, who in the fuck, I'm going to ask, <laughs> who in the fuck, other than, like, the most, like, ignorant and desperate people, like, okay. see black and rotting sores under their armpits and say, like, oh, that's a cold. Like, yeah, toxic masculinity is what caused the plague. <laughs> no, like... It did. But uh, I, earlier, I think I misattributed it to Linus, but Pigpen, like, he had the plague, right? Like, we all can assume Pigpen it's had the plague. It's generally accepted that, well, I mean, just like, uh, that's another thing that we really didn't touch on. I think if it's not apparent to people, we're kind of wrapping up now. People really didn't, obviously, understand the magnitude of the thing that was upon them. They didn't understand germ theory or anything, but they really did understand that, like, Sick people make other people sick. And so there was still this general sense amongst people. Again, we we um we talk about it. And this is why the quarantine was probably so effective for certain places like Poland and It did. Um uh with Venice in particular, we didn't dissect it or really anything, but um Venice was eventually overtaken by the plague mm -hmm. because it just the reason why it didn't work was because people are just going to people. They're still going to go and they're still going to carry on as normal. Then, as they do now. Right. So, um, really, you know, I think um, comparing the Black Death to, like, kind of what we're going on with now, there's part of me that does think that if these mortality rates were more or less consistent with what they had back then. Right. If we saw that now, maybe we would see concerted efforts. Mm -hmm. I think I think one of the insidious things with COVID-19, it's it's a it's a silent disease. People that get it, you might not know it, they pass it on to others. Right. Plague Anybody that gets plagued, you damn well know it. Right. <laughs> you fucking die. Like, there is, like, if you get bubonic, 65% mortality rate. If you get pneumonic plague, 99% mortality rate untreated today. Like, uh, pneumonic plague, pneumonic plague is so rare today. If you don't catch pneumonic plague within a week, you will die. It will happen, essentially. Right. Um... We don't have those things with those kinds of sicknesses, with COVID, with with whatever. Um, if we saw our fellow man literally going to the store and unexpectedly dying, just there in line, they're they're they're, oh, yeah. they're picking up their um, uh, Zyrtec and beanie weenies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's that's my normal. Uh, that's my grocery haul. That's my go-to. And they just die. You would fucking, you would literally run out of there. Yeah. You would. That's just not really applicable. Let me ask you guys this. Mm -hmm. If there was a new disease that wasn't plague, that wasn't COVID, that wasn't... Yeah, something it, fresh, something new. Something new. What do we got? Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> diarrhea's real popular. <laughs> we love diarrhea. What's a, what's a shitting disease? If there were, if there were some new play that you know had this had like a 65 percent mortality rate i don't know what the mortality rate for covid is it's not 65 percent right 
Um, would do you guys think that we would see people taking better measures now? No, I. Part of me, I would hope that it would be more convincing, but like you said earlier, people are going to people. Just a free for all. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, you, life's just a sewer, buddy. Oh shit. <laughs> And that's it, everybody. That's it. That is Black Plague. We are so privileged. We are so happy to get you guys this content again. We took a break for about, what was it, six six months almost? That's from recording, yes. Yeah, um, and it's something we found, I think, all three of us missed quite dearly I, you know yeah. this, this is very fun to do this is a great creative outlet for us uh, and very very rarely have there ever been like people in my life that said like hey can you keep doing that thing i think for us it's a great excuse to get together with friends and make something fun but it's also great that you guys enjoy it we appreciate it uh thank you for coming back to listen to us uh, thank you yeah and please uh if you feel so inclined Share us around to other people. Share us. Subscribe. Listen in for our next shenanigans. We're not done. We're back again. Let us know what you think. And again, uh, thank you guys very much for listening in. from here on out.